0: Hi there, this is Darren Spoo, pastor at First Baptist Church in Tulsa, and welcome to our weekly message podcast. We would invite you to join us in person Sunday morning at 8.30 and 11 o'clock in downtown Tulsa, or check out our webpage at tulsafbc.org. God bless you, and have a great week. So, um, if you weren't here last week, I, I was late getting out of the baptistry, and, uh As Jeff said, I don't have any money for the kids. You have to wait for Money Daddy to come out. Y'all remember that last week? I'm running down here today with one of the kids, and little Abigail, sweet little girl, leans over and goes, hi, Money Daddy. That's just (laughs) freaky. Never let Jeff have an open microphone. That's what I've learned from from all this. Hey, let me share a couple of things that are going on in the life of our church as we... uh, jump into our next part of the Beatles series, I really would encourage you to pick up an announcement sheet because there's a lot of content on it this week. Church business meeting today after this uh, worship gathering is concluded in our lower auditorium just down. Lunch is $4, but transparent, we we do our business as a congregation, so you're invited to see what's what's happening uh, behind the scenes. Uh, This coming weekend, we did have a men's event planned on Friday night. We are postponing that event. But we are still doing our volunteer celebration next Sunday after our worship gathering. We want to say thank you to our volunteers so you'll see all the info. And if you haven't signed up as a volunteer yet, please do that immediately. Uh, young adult ministry called The Verge beginning to launch. We have a booth set up out here in the, the corridor and you'll see some information about Stuart Tilley, our new student minister who will start this week. We're going to do a digital pounding for him. So gift cards and Venmo will be uh, made available at, at the appropriate time, that information. And so we will welcome him as he moves his family here to, uh, to Tulsa. Also on May 7th, I want you to pay attention to the back of the announcement sheet. Pretty much has everything that you need to, to know if you're a first time guest. And especially, how do I take next steps? If First Baptist is the church I wanna identify as my church home, how do I take those next steps? And as through our pastor's coffee, all that information for registration is here on the back, and that next one will be May 7th. So if you're a musical person, maybe you've had this experience before, even if you're not a musical person, how many of you have dreamed about a song in your head, and as you're dreaming about it, like, it sounds so good, that must be a number one hit. How many of you have had that experience where you dreamed about a song? So I've had that dream before. Mary Kay Henderson who's one of our musicians, serves on our, in our praise ministry and our, our worship ministry. She had a dream one night of a fantastic song. And she said, I, but when you woke up, she said, I couldn't remember it. But I was convinced this was a number one hit. Next night has the same dream, same song, wakes up again. She can't remember remember it. So her husband, Brad, says, why don't you do this? Why don't you just put a recorder by the bedside? And when you wake up in the middle of the night and you remember that song, sing it right then and there. And then you'll have it the next morning. Well, the third night, and this is all true story, by the way. She had this same dream, same song, grabbed the recorder, recorded it, put it on her bedside table, finished sleeping that night, woke up the next morning. I've got to listen to it. She hits play, and it sings. uh, uh, uh." But the second verse went like this. Sometimes things sound really good in our heads, right, and they don't, they don't come across well. So this song that you're about to hear from the Beatles, um, Paul McCartney dreamed this song. I mean, it, he woke up and it was completely written, so much so that he thought, okay, I didn't write that in my dream. Somebody else must have written that song, and I've heard it before, and I've forgotten where I've heard it from, but he played it for a lot of his famous friends, and no, it was, this was an original composition. Its working title was called Scrambled Eggs, right? Uh, But it would become Yesterday. And it's a song about regrets. It's a song about remorse. It's a song about the biggest mistakes that we've ever made in life, okay? Interestingly enough, this song is the most covered Beatles tune in their entire album because I think it speaks to the depths of the human heart of some things about the past that we wish we could change, but just can't. So let's let our musicians take us there, and let's listen to the song, Yesterday.
1: Yesterday, all my troubles seems so far. you have
0: So, the scene in the life of Jesus that we're going to look at today is from John chapter 8. And let me comment just a bit on this text, because if you turn there in your Bibles, you might see a note beginning in verse 1 and ending in verse 11 that something about this… this story not being original to the Gospel of John. Here's what we think happened from what we know did happen. So. After Jesus was crucified and, and resurrected, all the stories about Him were, were verbal. It was an oral tradition, and it wasn't until about 20 years later that people started to write down these stories of Jesus so that they would not be forgotten. Mark, the Gospel of Mark was written first, and then, then Matthew and Luke came together at about the same time, and the last one written was the Gospel of John. But even after the Gospels were written, there were still stories about Jesus floating around that had been told and retold and re-retold. And some of these didn't land in the four Gospels. I wonder what are some of the stories that we, that we have lost over time, right? But there was one story that just seemed to linger. There's one story that just would not give up. And so much so that as people began to copy and recopy the gospel, somebody said, we've got to write this down somewhere. And so what we believe happened is one of the early copiers of the Gospel of Mark as they're making copies. By the way, there were no Xerox machines back then. Everything, and I don't even know if there's Xerox machines anymore, but you couldn't just put it face down on a copy or make a copy, you had to handwrite it. So, somewhere along the way, one of the copiers, one of the manuscript writers said, We've got to include this story. It can't be lost. And if nothing else, the late addition of this story to the Gospels, in my mind, gives it more credibility because this story says something about the nature of Jesus the power of forgiveness, and the necessity of dealing with life's greatest regrets. We need this story. So it starts in John chapter 8, verse 2, at dawn, now don't don't run past something like this. Sometimes just understanding what time of day it was makes it a little more real. Uh, When my wife turned 20 years old, we had just started dating. And first birthday was coming up. What do I get her for her birthday? I didn't know what else. She mentioned something about her alarm clock was broken. So you know what I got her for her birthday? This is romantic. I bought her an alarm clock the first birthday of dating, right? So I don't know what possessed me to do that. I I wish I knew now or knew then what I, I knew now. I wish I would have said, I bought you this alarm clock so you can think about me the first thing every morning. I should have said that, right? That's pretty good. <laughs> but I remember her taking it and go, you got me an alarm clock. But, but it gets even better. She still has that same alarm clock today. It's an RCA with a little green digital reads out. I mean, I know how to buy an alarm clock, folks. I'm good at this, right? <laughs> But now we've reminisced over all the years, over the 30 years she's had this alarm clock, we think about the mornings that we started together. There's some mornings we wake up and there's a birth of a baby that's about to happen. Some mornings we wake up and we're about to go to a burial of a friend. Some mornings we wake up and there's a party. Some mornings we wake up and there's a surgery. Some mornings we wake up, we think it's gonna be a bad day, and it actually turns out to be one of the best days of your life. Sometimes you you wake up and there's a lump in your throat, but at the end of it all, there's probably gonna be a song in your heart, and this woman that we're about to meet, this started what she thought was going to be the worst day of her life, but it actually turned out to change her entire eternity. So it was at dawn, Jesus appeared again in the temple courts. By the way, here's the thing about dawn, you really have to wanna be there. Jesus wanted to teach. People wanted to listen. There's some who wanted to capture Jesus. There's one person who didn't want to be there. Look for her. At dawn, Jesus appeared again in the temple courts. All the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. That's what a rabbi did. He was sit. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman, caught in adultery. Hard question today. Get ready. What's the worst thing you've ever done? What's the worst mistake you've ever made? What's the greatest regret that in some form or another you are still carrying around with you and it's hard for you to put down, that you resonate with this song, you go, I wish so much for yesterday, but now I just need a place to hide away. So with that question, and I'm going to ask you to do something here with that here in just a moment, the worst thing you've ever done, it's important to ask a couple of questions. What do you do with that? And many of us look at our greatest mistakes in our past and we, we blame others or we make excuses for ourselves, or we pretend it didn't happen or some people even parade their greatest sins hoping that if enough people say, oh, you don't need to worry about it, it was no big deal that you'll believe it. But still, we carry around some very heavy things with us. So it's important to say, what are you doing with that? The next best question is also, to whom do you take that? This great mistake, this great regret, who do you take that to? So I I deal with a lot of sacred moments as a pastor. Um, It's a sacred moment when somebody gets married right here. Thank you for letting me be a part of those moments. It's a sacred moment when I baptize somebody in the baptistry. It's a sacred moment when we share communion together. Another sacred moment for me, and this has become one of the most sacred moments as a pastor, is when somebody shares their junk with me. (laughs) That they come in my office or we have a conversation and they can't contain it anymore and they share the worst part of their story. That's a sacred moment. And by the way, I treat that very confidentially. That's your story, not mine. And I had a lot of you share some very difficult things with me. I take that as a sacred responsibility. So here's this woman caught in adultery, get this, and we're about to see it. She's standing up in front of religious leaders. She's standing in front of the crowd, all those who have come to hear this teacher. But most importantly, she is standing there just having made the worst mistake of her life in front of Jesus. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do today. If you have that regret, that mistake, that sin that you are still carrying around with you, I want you to take it out today. Don't pretend like it's not there. Don't shove it down. I want you to take it out. And here's what I want you to do with it for a few minutes. Linger with it in the presence of Jesus. Now, we're going to do something else with it here in just a moment, but just... Linger with that in the presence of Jesus. Don't try to hide it anymore. Don't try to pretend it's not there. Don't try to blame anybody else. Don't, don't try to flaunt it and tell yourself it's okay. It's not. Linger with it in the presence of Jesus. So here's what happens. This woman is caught in adultery. So she's standing in front of the group and Jesus and God. And Jesus, the teacher, speak to him. Teacher, uh, this woman was caught in adultery. In fact, um, In another translation, verse 4 says, in adultery, in the very act of adultery. In the law of Moses, which this is exactly right, Moses commanded us to stone such women. By the way, I find that to be the most insulting phrase in this entire passage. People like this. Listen, as I talk with you this morning, I hope to speak with you as your pastor, but mostly I'm just talking to you as a fellow sinner, okay? Okay. I've got stuff in my life too. So what are you supposed to do with such women? Now what do you say? And they were using this question as a trap in order that they might accuse Jesus. Because here's the thing. If he disagrees with Moses and says, no, don't stone her, then there'll be people who say, well, Jesus just doesn't believe the Bible anymore, so you shouldn't listen to him. If he says, do stone her, then Jesus will lose his reputation as being a person of grace. So it seems that there's no way to win on this. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground. This is the only time in the Gospels where Jesus writes. And he bends down, he starts writing in the ground. Now the word used here, graphe, doesn't mean doodling. He's not just making little squigglies. He's writing something and theologians and scholars and speculators have wondered for 2000 years what did he write and the truth is we don't know i have a suggestion this morning so if you want to be right you're going to agree with me i'm just saying that yeah yeah i don't know either but something happens here as jesus is writing that captures everyone's attention now according to the law of moses when a woman was caught in adultery she was to be hauled before a rabbi she was to be hauled before a priest She was to be judged, but so was the man. It wasn't just the woman. The man and the woman were both to be hauled in front of others to be judged, right? So, where's the man? I think he's there. And I believe that all along this had been a setup. That there was a Pharisee who lured this woman into bed. And to be more graphic, maybe several people were involved and then she was hauled before them and the other perpetrator was there. So I wonder if Jesus bent down and started writing names in the sand. Such women, really? And he started writing out their names. Something happened here to get everyone's attention. And then Jesus stood up, whoever is without sin, throw the first stone. Now, even if somebody doesn't know the Bible at all, they know this line, right? And we use this as a reference, an easy reference, not to be judgmental. And we'll we'll get to that here in just a moment. But I do want to deal with this question. Are all sins pretty much the same or are they different? You you know, some people will say, well, you know, all sins are, are essentially the same before God. Or, man, if you commit this sin, it's really worse than the other, uh, so after my wife and I were married, we took a, our first driving trip. We drove up to Montana, went to Yellowstone, and, and we stopped at one of those places where you can get an Old West photo made. You know what I'm talking about? So uh, we decided that we were going to take an Old West photo, and I was going to be like Billy the Kid, and I had the hat and six-shooter, and we're in a bar, and she dresses up like a barmaid with the little frilly, feathery things, and she's sitting on the bar, and I'm sitting on a stool with the six-shooter. And right before the photo, I see a an empty bottle of Jack Daniels, it's a prop there. So I I reach over and I put it with me in the picture. And Paul goes, whoa, 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 hang on. You're 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 in seminary, you're gonna be a pastor. I don't know that you should have a picture taken with a bottle of Jack Daniels. And I said, darling, you're dressed up like a prostitute. (laughs) I don't think anybody's gonna be looking at the bottle of Jack Daniels, right? (laughs) Why is it that we think, oh, some sins are just worse than others, you know? So are all sins the same or are all sins different? Here's the definitive answer, yes. Okay. All sins are different in the terms of consequences. If you lie to somebody versus murdering somebody, there are different consequences for that, right? And they're radically different. But all sins are the same in terms of relationships. Any sin, big or small, damages your relationship with God so that big thing you're holding on to it's big because of the consequences it's also big because it's damaged your relationship with God but you know what other people who think their sins are so small they're not they're the same size when it comes our relationship with God so I've invited you to take this out and just linger with it in the presence of Jesus Let him see it. Don't try to hide it anymore. Here it is before God and everybody. Whoever's without sin, let him throw the first stone. So then these leaders, ashamed, probably they've been outed by what's here on the ground, they quietly drift away until only the woman is left. Can you imagine this moment? And this is that lingering moment again. So it's just you and Jesus right now. And like this woman, there he is, and here you are, and there's this thing. Now, here's where I want you to move from just lingering to listening, because Jesus says something to this woman. Has no one condemned you? Nope. That's what Jesus originally said. Nope, or the woman said. (laughs) Then Jesus says this, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. So I want you to hear two parts of this. There are two parts of what Jesus says that we must keep them together, okay? The first is, neither do I condemn you. I want you to hear very clearly, if you're a follower of Jesus and you have messed up big time and you have confessed that sin to Christ, you are forgiven. You are not condemned. Sometimes we just need to hear somebody else say that to us. Well, I still have these feelings of guilt. Yeah, those feelings were there to bring you to a point of repentance. What I want you to hear today is the tone of grace. Grace never calls wrong right. But in Jesus' grace, he said, what you did was absolutely wrong, but I want to make you right. I want to make you whole. I want you to hear there's grace in this room today. You are not condemned. Then Jesus says this, now go and sin no more. We need to hear grace, but we also need to adopt repentance. Repentance is saying that's who I used to be and I'm never going back there again. Grace is what God does. Repentance is what we do and what we must do to experience grace. It was Brennan Manning who said this. He said, uh, repentance is less about looking in the past and saying, I'm sorry. It's more about looking to the future and saying, wow. We hear that again? Repentance is less about looking to the past and saying, we're sorry. And we do need to say that. It's more about looking to the future and saying, wow, God's grace has restored me. Something very important I need to say next. I want you to hear this. Grace and repentance must go together for forgiveness to take place. God's grace, our repentance. Listen, grace without repentance is self-deception. If you think, oh, God will forgive me and I don't need to change, you are lying to yourself and you're lying about God. Grace without repentance is is self-deception. Here's the harder part. Repentance without grace is self-destruction. What does that mean? It means that if you repent and you say, I've got to work to make this right before God, I've got to make up for all this lost time, I've got to make up for all the people that I've hurt, I've got to do good work so I can make this all square and even, you will wear yourself out trying, and you will kill yourself trying to do that. Grace without repentance is self-deception. Repentance without grace is self-destruction. We need both. So as you've lingered here in the presence of God, I would just invite you to listen to the words of Jesus. You are not condemned. Now go and sin no more. Let God change your heart and you and he work on changing your behavior together. So I'm gonna tell you one more story. And then we're gonna to move to a response time today that's gonna to be a little bit different. So the CEO and executive of a major corporation called his employee one night at home. There had been a computer failure. Calls his employee, but instead of the employee picking up the phone, a little girl picked up the phone. CEO was a little annoyed and said, can I, can I speak to your dad? The little girl says, no. Well, well, he thought, well, maybe your dad's unavailable. Can I speak to your mom? Nope. Well, is there another adult there I can talk to? Yeah, the policeman's here, but he's busy talking to mama. So, well, who else is there? Well, the fireman's here, but he's busy talking to daddy. Now the, the CEO's getting a little alarmed. There's a policeman and a fireman there. What's, what in the world's going on? Then he hears in the background, he hears something that sounds like a helicopter. And the man says, what's happening there? She said, the, the helicopter just flew in. I said, what's the helicopter doing there? What's it Bringing in the search team. Well, who are they searching for? The little girl giggled and goes, me. <laughs> I'm going to give a minute for some of you to catch up. That's a little subtle humor. What I've learned about talking to Baptists, you have to speak slowly, use small words, and give them time, Right? I want to bring you a little laughter because I want you to open your heart just enough to hear this. God is looking for you. You. I'm not talking just about everybody else. So today, linger with this and then listen. Here's the last thing I'm going to invite you to do. Let it go. What Jesus is saying is, give it to me. Give it to me. My blood covers even this. Do you really think that you've sinned so greatly that I can't forgive you? Get over yourself. Give this to me. Trust me with it. Now let you and I move on together. The invitation today is for you to linger, to listen, and then let Him have it. You are not condemned. Now go and sin no more. Let's stand together and let's pray together. Thanks so much for listening to our weekly message podcast. At the end of each worship service on Sunday morning, I offer a simple blessing, and I offer that blessing to you today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. And may God grant you peace, both now and forever. Amen.